When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, Grappling fans? Back again, fourth episode in a row of Who's Number One. Hope everyone's doing fine out there, staying safe. Uh, joining us today, we have a very special guest, another ADCC world champion, absolute champion, IBJJF world champion, Andre Galval, calling in from San Diego. Thanks for joining us today, Andre. And, of course, our regular my co-host, pleasure. we have Ricardo Amendolia, Bear from Show Roll, and my friend Michael Sears here. What's going on, guys? Andre, how you doing out there? How's life? Oh, Life is pretty rough right now, you know. My business is closed. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I keep up the faith. I believe, like, this is just a wave that we all passing through. Like, we got to be united right now. Just having, like, uh, a lot of ideas right now, planning stuff, you know. So everything changed, you know. So uh, it's pretty rough. But uh, I'm very positive. That's great. I noticed that you launched a, an online training uh, class. Could you tell us a little bit about what you're doing out there? It seems really cool. Yeah, so I'm doing like classes like every day. Uh, I post uh, every day on my Atos BJJ online. And we also like doing like video analysis pretty soon. So you guys will enjoy it. So you're going to be analyzing your fights and your videos and your training. And we're going to give her tips. So it's going to be pretty neat, you know. Very cool. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed watching how the jiu-jitsu community has reacted to this. You know, obviously it's terrible circumstances, but everyone's getting very creative in the ways they're improving their game, trying to stay uh, stay on top of things as this progresses. Um, Ricardo, yeah. you and Andre have a long relationship, you know. Uh, what do you, you have any questions for the man? How, how are things going over there with you? Everything's going good with me. I got where to begin with Andre, man. It's It's, you know, great to have him on here. I'm looking forward to doing some, you know, getting his feedback on some matches later on. But, um, yeah, you know, it's it's we're in the coronavirus, as I like to call it. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're calling it that. But it's crazy, you know. And it's cool to see Andre doing, you know, a lot of stuff online and, you know, being able to to help out the students worldwide. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 great to have him here. It's not so good to have Bear, but, all right, we'll, we'll make do for today. <laughs> Bear. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) Andre, what's going on with your team out there? Is everybody still around or did people go home? Because I know you have people from all over the globe. Did everybody just waiting it out? What are they they up to? Yeah, right now the gym is closed. Uh, We are closed. I'm here at the gym right now. Yeah. So I come every day, every morning. I come and record classes and post online. And then um, after that, sometimes I teach privates, you know. Uh, I thought like privates every single day this week, uh, but all the classes are are closed. Like we're not opening the gym. Like everybody's like asking like when you're gonna open again. Uh, we told everyone that we sent an email last week when we closed the gym on Friday. We told them that we'd be open on the 23rd Monday, but it seems like we need to have a longer than that. Uh, right now we're just trying to communicate with the students. We're gonna provide like super seminars at the gym right now so people can uh, those students that keep supporting us you know during this crazy moment they'll get a free seminars uh, but right now like everyone is trained at home you know sometimes I call them sometimes I talk with people um, everybody's really aware about what's happening uh, in the beginning to be honest with you I was like uh, underestimating this you know I was just like oh you know I, I don't think this is true, you know, it's, it was kind of like weird, but then, like, time passed by, so I like, oh, no, this is true, this is real, you know, so we got to, like, do our moves, and I'm doing what we need to do, you know, so we close the gym, telling the students to keep safe, keep washing themselves, like, keep, keep clean, you know, try to not train, train, like, you train with healthy people, train at your house, try to not go, like, everywhere, so we're just like trying to help the community, you know, and in my academy we have, uh, we, we, we have, right, 600 active students. 
And today, you know, of course, like a lot of people, they start concerning and then, you know, they're just like, oh, I don't know, like, please, like, uh, stop my account right now. You know, like people start freaking out. But we're trying to, like, help them, like, uh, in a way, like afterwards, after wait, uh stop, we're, like, coming up with ideas that will help them, you know, and help this school, too, because I don't know what's, what's going to happen. You know, we, ne- we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but life is being, like, very... I'm not saying like stressful, you know, like it's, I, I, I feel like that I'm busier than before, you know, like I, even my gym is closed. I, I still like busy, you know, like I still like trying to like uh, brainstorm things and I try to come up with ideas. And I think, I believe like everyone is doing that right now. Everyone's doing that right now. I see like, I never see anyone like, uh, I never see so much like online training, like all over, you know. So there's a lot of online training on the community. Um, tonight I'll have like a, a live stream on a, our YouTube channel, Atos HQ. Uh, I'll be teaching class there. I did that on Monday, uh, actually Tuesday, and I'll do another one uh, today, tonight. So at 6 p.m. for the Americans and 5 p.m. for the Brazilians in Portuguese. Um, and just try to be busy and try to like keep up with the work, you know. Ricardo, you want to queue up some uh, some clips and get this going, get away from Corona talk and go into something positive, talk about some jiu-jitsu technique here? Yeah, let's do it, Andre. I uh, wanted to go through uh, some of your matches that we have here. I uh, hope you don't mind You know, we, sure. looking at this match here with Tex Johnson. Um, you guys yeah. had some exchange earlier on. Um, just talk us yeah. through this. You know, Tex is obviously known for his leg locks. You stuffed his teeth yeah. down here, eventually get on top and – you end up finishing this match with a pretty unique choke that I've never seen you do before. Um, you want to talk us through uh, how you set that up and what happened? Yeah, of course. Uh, actually, like the way that I finish him, I don't remember right here right now, but uh, I remember like I got a pretty uh, concern in the time of the fight. Like I think it was like why when he jumped? Oh, right there is a choke. Okay, I got it. This was a loop choke. Uh, the choke that I used since I'm a... I'm a purple belt. I really like that. I got the loop choke and then I underhook the leg. If you see, like, I got the loop choke uh, right there and then I underhook the other side with my free hand. So that way my opponent, I force my opponent to, to turn towards the side of the collar. So that way, like, the choke that get tighter. You see, like, I'm forcing him to face towards the collar. So that way, like, he got choked. So instead of facing this way, he was facing towards the collar. So because I was underhooking his leg. But it was a moment in this fight that I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was, I remember, like, Tax, like, he jumped guard, and I lost my balance, and it, it, it looks like I, I slammed him, you know? And I was like, uh-oh, you know, like, this, this could be dangerous, right? But, like, thank God, like, the referee, like, interpreted it was a, a kind of like I got off balance. But, like, this choke, uh, it's the choke that I use since I'm a purple belt, so it's very, very good. So you, you hooked you that lifting? leg there with your, you with your arm to, uh, to control yeah, his, like his a... head position. Yeah, so I got the – you see, like, I'm forcing him because if I don't underhook the leg, he, he's able to turtle, right? So I'm forcing him to, to – I block him, you know. I block him with the, with the right hand. So I block his uh, left leg so that way he can turn towards me. So I was forcing him to go to the other side. And I use that a nogi, uh, in the nogi train as well and fights. And I got like more as, as a chin strap. Of course, it's harder for you to choke uh, in nogi uh, because you need like both hands to choke in nogi. But with the gi, you can grab the, the collar. So it's very, very good. Nice, nice. What do we got up next, Ricardo? Um, so next we have a match with you and Alexander Sikoni. Um, You know, you hit a really yeah. nice takedown here. Sikoni's a big guy. Um, looks like, you know, yeah. you're able to get him down. He tried to, you know, kind of counter there. I believe there's a reset. Yeah. And then you end up taking the back off here and then getting the choke. Um, just want to hear, yeah. you know, kind of take us through this match and, you know, maybe a little bit about it. Yeah, of course. Uh, right now I'm trying to do the crab ride. Uh, try to come up with a leg drag. I believe I come up, yes, I come up with a leg drag right there. And then he's able like, to escape the hips. But then, like, I kept holding his collar while he's trying to do the lasso. And then I get smashed. I step over his, his leg. And then I like to work as a windshield wiper a lot right there in that position. But with my right hand, I'm always controlling the collar. See, that I step over the, the lasso. So that way, 
he's not able to go for a Moplata or something like that. I pretty much like offer him like the leg lock option because I feel like when the opponent starts trying to go for a knee bar or a leg lock, uh, he exposes his back or he decides like, to be on bottom. So and then I, I end up like scrambling right there, attacking his back. And then I got my four points. In the beginning when I got the, the takedown, I did like the, 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 the snap, you know, like the single leg snatch, like doom, really fast. Uh, I really like that. But like right there, right now, uh, on the back, I'm just setting up the choke, and I believe I got the choke right there, one of my favorite chokes. And I believe this is my favorite choke, is a, a ball narrow choke. I, I love to take the back, and I think it's, this is my move, you know. And right there, look, uh, with, the, with the left hand, with my left hand, I still holding his collar. So he had a really hard time. Now with my right hand, I'm holding his collar. So every time somebody tries to do the lasso me, you see that I'm going to step over his leg, look. I step over, see, I neutralize the lasso. So now, if he roll, he's not gonna end up in a plata. So I block him, so instead, uh, he tried to go for the knee bar. But I was ready like to attack the, the back. As soon as I clear my hand, you see, I broke the grip, I pop his grip, now I'm able to get uh, the back take. And this back take I use against Cyborg as well. So in all my fights, I like to take the back like that. I like to step on like between the legs, and then I, I kinda like torque the knee off the guy force him like to to give me the back and then once i get my first hook which is was my left hook i i go for the scramble and then i start attacking the back yeah, so the blue narrow choke oh, yeah sorry. for that choke right there I, I i like to do it holding both collars a lot of people they they go for the if you guys can go back just for the ball narrow choke uh, i like to i like to grab both collars instead of trying to grab the the pants you know, I feel like it's more uh, secure right there. And plus, like, I step my leg over his, his shoulder, my, my right leg. I step over his arm and shoulder. And instead of locking my legs, I just squeeze my knee. You know, I squeeze my knee, my right knee towards his neck. And I put my knee, my, my inner thigh over my forearm. So I squeeze my forearm against his neck while I'm pulling the collar. So then the pressure comes from everywhere. And then uh, the guy tap faster. So it's 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 easier to tap the person when you step the leg over. Uh, that snatch single you use in the beginning—that's sort of one of your trademark moves. Uh, at what point in your yeah. career did you uh, start using that? Because I mean, it's definitely uh, seems to be your go-to yeah. on the feet, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, before uh, 2011, I didn't have any wrestling before. Uh, even like when I did MMA, uh, for like many people don't know that I did MMA, but I did MMA from 2008 until 2010. Like for two years, I had seven fights, but I had no wrestling when I was doing MMA. Uh, and I think that that's key for a jiu-jitsu fighter. If, if there is any jiu-jitsu fighter that decides to, to make a transition to MMA, you should do the wrestling. And I didn't have wrestling. I, I believe with the wrestling that I have nowadays, I could do way better in MMA, way better. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't. I was, I was training in Brazil. And after I moved to the United States, that was when I started training, like a really good wrestling here, you know. And I want to give a shout out to my, to my coach, Fred Lee. He's amazing. I learned a lot from him uh, since 2013. But in 2011, I did my ADCC camp. That was actually the first time that I focused uh, 100% in doing the camp just for the no-gi for that, that tournament. Before, I used to train like a lot with the gi, 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 and I just like take off the gi for like two weeks and fight ADCC, you know? So that was the first time that I decided to like a really good camp. And I believe the entire Jiu-Jitsu community saw that and since that ADCC, a lot of people started training wrestling because they saw that wrestling was really important for, for ADCC, you know, especially ADCC rules. And then, like, if you see, like, all my shots, I don't, I don't like to drop my knees on the floor uh, to avoid and prevent, like, sprawls on top of you, especially when you fight someone heavier than you, uh, such as Seconi. Like, Seconi is really heavy. is way heavier than me. So if I shoot and put my knees on the floor, he can sprawl and I can be on bottom right there and then... He can get a guillotine or loop chokes or run to the back, you know. So I prefer to, to shoot with my feet, you know, without dropping my knees on the floor, especially the single leg. And then, of course, after you get the leg, you need to know and understand 
how to run the pipe, how to to knee tap, how to change for a back take. So there's a lot of variations after you you grab the leg. But the first thing is grabbing the leg without dropping the knees on the floor. Yeah, I uh, I like that that when I used to wrestle when I was a kid, I always liked that takedown too for the same uh, reason. It's sort of low risk, right? Like if if you don't get yeah. the leg, then you don't end up sprawled on or anything. They're exactly. not going to get behind you. You just you're just still exactly. on feet. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you just see on the feet, and then it's simple. It's very simple, and I like simple. <laughs> <laughs> Ricardo, you want to you want to introduce us to the next clip? Yeah, so this one's a little longer. It's um, you know, it's kind of like a highlight of your last match. Of course, the big one yeah. with Felipe Pena, and um, yeah. you know, I, I I think sometimes super fights end up playing like we think, but I was really surprised at how aggressive you came, you know, trying to pull his head down to set up that shot, and you didn't go yeah. for it right away. You eventually. You know, shot later on, but talk us yeah. through that. You have a long history with with Pena. This is your first time fighting him in Nogi, and you know it yeah. was an amazing match. You didn't stop from start to finish, so I just wanted to hear yeah. your you know your take on the whole fight. Yeah, so I started like I started like imposing my pace, you know, like I always did. Uh, you know, a lot of people like they say, oh, you know, like this is not like a wrestling uh, hand fight. Of course, this is jiu-jitsu, right? Submission is a little bit different, right? But I, I have a really strong hand fight for jiu-jitsu. The, our posture is a little bit different than the wrestlers, you know? Um, especially in the beginning, there's no points. You're not very concerned about uh, the person, like, taking you down. Uh, but I think, like, in my opinion, even, like, after the fight, uh, after watching, I, I should wait a little bit more on, uh, before I take him down. But, like, I felt like he was already getting tired, you know, um, because the pace that I pushed was it was uh, super aggressive, super hard from the beginning. And, and you know, like, then I, I took him down, and I felt I, after taking down, I, I was fighting on top, and I was like, man, I shouldn't take him down. I should wait a little bit more, you know, because uh, they see the first 10 minutes for the super fight, there's no points, you know. Not that I fight for the points, but, you know, you got to fight smart as well. And Felipe Pena is a high elite uh, athlete, you know, is a very, very strong guard, very good. So um, he was on his game when I took him down, you know. So I should, like, wait a little bit more, uh, wait for the points, take him down, and then be with the two points. But then, like, because I did that, the fight went to the overtime, and then I took him down again. So I took him down like many times, but of course, in ADCC, it's super hard for you to score because you got to hold your opponent for at least like three to five seconds with the hips on the floor or with the back on the floor. And Felipe was doing a great job like standing up right, right after I take him down. He was like scrambling a lot. He's a fighter that likes scramble, right? Um, but the fight was one of the best fights that I one of the best performances that I ever had in my career, even like um, I was older than him. Like I'm, I was, I'm like 37, I turned 37 that day. So, uh, but I felt like my cardio, my conditioning, everything was great. I was, I was sharp. I trained really hard for this fight. Uh, I think that was, that's what makes the difference, you know, at that level, you know, is the, is the amount of training that you put in and, and, and also train smart, you know, you see that I, I'm trying to do like sharp knee cuts. He's doing a really good job, like in scrambling, and I'm doing a good job also in like getting out and kicking the legs and spinning around. I'm trying to lick my hands right there, trying to keep like his hips on the floor. But he's doing a really good job. He has like long legs, but he's really flexible. You know, Felipe like moving his legs as as you move your arms. You know, yeah. So you know, like people like they have a hard time to put their foot on the chest, right? But I feel like Felipe, he does that like really natural. Like just like you do this, with, just like I'm doing this with my hand, you know, he does that with his legs, you know. So it's really, really flexible, you know, in that way uh, with moving the knee, you know, like towards, like moving his foot like towards uh, his chest. And he tried me a little bit there, you know, but I felt that he was a little bit more tired than me, uh, you know, during the fight. Uh, and thankfully, like everything worked great, and I could like escape from from his attacks and trying to trap my legs right there. Uh, I was pushing his hips all the time, trying to offer just my shin. The secret of uh, not letting your opponent uh, 
control your legs is trying to keep his legs away from your hips. And the best way to do that is to maintain uh, offering your opponent just your shin. Don't offer your opponent your thighs or your knees. You see, like, every time he was trying to get my thigh, I was pushing his leg down towards my knee, you see. Even right there is in an awkward position, but I'm safe because I was, I was offering just my shin. He couldn't trap my, my thigh. And, uh, you know, he's doing a really good job right there, trying to get a nice uh, calf slice. And right there was five seconds left, as you can see. I was just waiting uh, for the time. Uh, there was nothing I could do right there. Time was over, and then we go to overtime. And then the overtime, I took him now, and I scored the two points. It was the first time that my super fight went to overtime. All the other fights, I, I, I did really well. Uh, against was, my opponent. That was the one where right in the, that was the one where you the, smashed them into the to the commentating table. <laughs> Did we lose Andre there? Yeah. Yeah, I still there. Oh, okay, there we Throws are. Throws a little oh. bit or what? Yeah, yeah, you but, could. Yeah. You could. <laughs> So Andre, I was going to sorry, ask you. Uh, so this is like a thirty-minute match, right? Thirty minutes was that how how long it went? Yeah, uh, thirty minutes. Yeah. How, how much uh, harder do you train your cardio, knowing that you could potentially have to fight for thirty minutes straight, as opposed to like shorter time limits at other events? Yeah, you know, I think like you also like have your you you need to understand your body, right? Like a lot of people ask me that how can they can improve their cardio, how they can improve their explosion, how they can improve their strength. You know, and to be honest, like each person, they, they work differently. You know, they are different. We all different. That's why our jiu-jitsu is different. No one has the same jiu-jitsu. So some people, they have more cardio. Some people, they have more explosion. It's hard to have everything. Uh, but I feel like on my, if you see like my, for example, uh, overall, I believe like I have a good strength. I have a good cardio. And I, can, I still like can be explosive. But... There are some guys that are way more explosive than me. Like, for example, like Muhammad Ali. He's, like, really explosive. He's way more explosive than me. Um, Pena is explosive. Uh, Lucas Barbosa, for example, is super explosive. You know, so uh, you need to just understand your body. Just understand your, your physical aspect as well in order to do your strategy to fight. But I train really hard, you know. Like, for this fight... And every time that I'm on for, I'm, I'm training for ADCC. To be honest with you guys here, for the last the last ten years since I opened my gym, the ADCC times are the only time that I stopped teaching. I stopped like, uh, you know, being like a professor. Let's say, you know, I teach like during the camp. I teach the students during the camp, but um, it's the time that I focus 100. percent You know, I rest. I sleep more. But uh, during the gi season, I need to be there every day teaching and helping the students because, like, for ADCC, we have, like, a smaller amount of competitors from our gym uh, competing, right? So, and for the, this last ADCC, we had more people. But usually, we, you know, for the other ADCC, I had only me for the ADCC 2011, let's say. You know, it was just me. And then 2013, then we have, like, more people. There was me, Hafa, uh, uh, JT, uh, Kino was training here, and also uh, Jimmy. But then, like, for the audience to see, we started having more people, right? And it's, 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 the, it's the tournament that I am, let's say, 100%, like, mentally, physically, spiritually prepared, you know? Uh, all the other tournaments, not that I'm not ready, but it, it's, it's, it's a little bit harder for me to train because I have so many fighters, so many people that I need to take care of that it's, it's, it's really hard to focus 100%, you know? So I fight all these years in the IBJJF tournaments uh, not feeling 100% ready, to be honest, you know? Especially for the last couple of years. Uh, the last year, 2017, I won um, Worlds. It was the first year Athos won Worlds. But I was there coaching everyone all day, you know, every single day. And on Saturday, they start, like, having the, the white belts division, I believe. There was a time that I put, like, some coaches to coach the fighters. And I went, like, to sleep, do some massage and rest and before the tournament. But it's really hard. But for the ACC, I'm, you know, I'll prepare 100%. Like, I, 
I feel great. So, and I train like every day, like two, three sessions a day. And right now I'm, of course I'm older and I have more experience, but my body is, is not like the body, like the same way that I, when I was like 18 years old, like needs more time to recover. You know, on Wednesdays I take a break. I don't do anything, you know? So I, I do like a taper in the middle of the week. I taper down. And then I go, I finish it strong again. So you, you need to pass through a lot of experience, especially for ADCC, you know. Um, the camp is unique. It's, it's different. It's every two years. You know, it's, 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 it's very, very different than, than uh, a gi camp. Very different because the rules is completely different, you know. And I, I like to run on the street. And I always, I always do that for my mind, you know. But for ADCC, I run, I jump rope, I... I do a lot of uh, um, I do a lot of uh, circuit training, you know, a lot of drills, a lot of repetition, a lot of sparring, you know. So that's I think that's what have helped me to to maintain me at that level. Andre, one thing that uh, I really enjoyed when we came to Atos at the Road to Worlds was watching how you structured the competition class. You did a lot of positional sparring as well as just straight up yeah. rolling. How much of that yeah. were you doing for your ADCC camps? Like, you know, very short rounds and wrestling, you know, uh, how yeah. dialed in was the training in that respect? Yeah, the training is, uh, I have everything planned, you know, ahead. I plan everything, even for the gi season, for the no gi season. Um, I have everything planned. And I always, like, try to follow the plan. I stick with the plan. And I need to do that, right? So if I don't, um, as an athlete, if I don't fulfill the training, like you start affecting your men mental aspect as well, you know, because uh, you want to be at the top. You want to to feel like that, man, I deserve to win. You know, I think that's the most important thing that an athlete needs to have. So uh, I plan everything ahead. And when you guys came here, it was pretty much the last, I think it was the last month or the last four weeks, three weeks before. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's the time that I started tapering. You know, I started like, a lot of people, they, they do camp like three weeks before the tournament. They, 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 they train, you know, normal every day, and then three weeks before the tournament, they spar a lot, they kill themselves. And I don't think this is the right way. Okay, so you need to do this way ahead before. And towards like close, like the last three weeks is more like explosion, positional, because if you get hurt three weeks before the tournament, you're not going to fight. You're not going to be 100%. So you got to be smart. You got to train hard, but you got to be smart. You know? And thankfully, during all these ADCC training camps, all these awards camp, I never had any major injury that made me like pull out of the tournament. You know? And also my athletes too, very rare, very rare. They train really hard here every single day. But I like to do those like positional training where like you're already in the situation. You don't need to move too much, but you still like need to work in your brain and your in your uh, mobility, in your agility. So do like short rounds, short times. That way, like you can keep up with the cardio, keep up with the explosion, keep up with the strength, the specific explosion, the specific uh, uh, mentality that you need to because. You know, like if you just, let's say my ADCC super fight is only 40 minutes, right? Like not only, but it's a lot. <laughs> That's it's a long 40 time. 40 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a 40 minutes. For me, it's only, like say, no, I'm kidding. It's a lot. So it's 40 minutes. But imagine if I spar every day for 40 minutes, you know, like 10 rounds of 40. I cannot do 10 rounds of 40. I cannot do like two <laughs> rounds of 40, right? So, and you see like the way I fall, like I, I changed the pace of the fight so many times, you know, and... And that's why you need to be prepared to change the, the pace of the fight. You know, so you start like, ah, and then you slow down, then you go again. So you got to be able to explode and, and, and stop and recover during the entire 40, 40 minutes. And even when you're resting, you're still moving. So, of course, there was some days that I, I did, like, I, I, I simulated the, the fight. I simulated the tournament. I like to do that, you know, where, like, I did like super fights, me and Lucas fighting for 40 minutes nonstop, right? And uh, it's pretty rough, pretty intense, but that's 
that's what we need. Or sometimes a lot of shark tanks as well. But we, you need to know how to plan that. Because if you just do one type of training every single day, repeating that training every day, let's say, oh, you know, let's do 10 rounds of eight by two minutes break. 10 rounds of eight by two minutes break. Every single day. So how are you going to improve in your, in your defense? How are you going to improve in your uh, technique? How are you going to improve in your explosion? How are you going to improve in your resistance? You know, it's, you need to put you, yourself in an in a uncomfortable zone. Like everyone wants to be comfortable. People love to spar because it's very comfortable for them. People love to do like just normal rounds because it's very comfortable for them. But anytime that you need to do like a shark tank, you need to do like a 30 seconds goals, you need to do like 30 rounds of 30 seconds, you know, you need to do like all these different types of training, uh, you, you don't feel comfortable because it, it, it's not fun, you know, let's say it's fun, but you need to enjoy like to pass through that process, you know. So if you don't enjoy to pass through that process, you're always going to be comfortable. And the only way for you to overcome that is to overcome yourself mentally. Would you say that what separates professional jiu-jitsu players and even advanced hobbyists is like the willingness to to engage in drills they don't like, you know, to, to work areas that they're weak on? I, I'm the same way. I don't want to work my defense escapes and stuff like that. I'm lazy, but I'm yeah. a professional athlete, you know. Is that yeah, the main yeah, yeah. difference, you, would you say? Yes, I think this is this is like something that can really help you because let's say if you don't have a really good back take and then you start like attacking there, but then you got to put yourself in, in the situation that you're defending. But then you have like a guy like a guy like uh, uh, Andre Galvão attacking your back. Right? <laughs> I'm in trouble then. <laughs> exactly. But you're going to feel like my grips. You're going to feel the way I put pressure. You're going to feel like the way I make the hooks. And you're going to learn. You know, you're going to learn. So that's what people don't understand. They think like they, they don't need that, you know, because they already know. No, but you never felt, you know. So it's different. Like, let's say if I do a specific training with you uh, and – and I start on your side control. So you're going to feel the pressure, the shoulder pressure that I put in your face. You're going to feel the way I, 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 I link my hands. You're going to feel the way I, I, I put myself in a way that you can't move much. And then when you go against someone your level, you're going to try to do the same way that I'm doing on you, like a high-level guy is doing it. So Man, I that's think really that's, cool. the advantage, that's the advantage of having... Um, uh, a high elite black belt in your training, you know, because that way you can feel that guy. You can feel the way he works. And some people, they think like, oh, you know, I got to be smashed like to learn, you know. No, it's not that. It's not only getting smashed as well, you know. So you got to be able to attack. You got to fight people at the same level too. Because let's say sometimes you have a, a blue belt that wants to roll back to back with me, Lucas, Batista, Jonathan's Gracie, Ronaldo, one after other, and then he's not gonna have opportunity to attack. So he's gonna turn himself in a in a person that just defend. You know, like he's just gonna wait for the opponent to attack in order to counter. So you're not gonna improve. So you need to roll with the high level to feel the high level to get a smash a little bit. There. Like you gotta start thinking about it, man. I'll work on not letting Professor Gavon pass my guard. I'll work on not letting Lucas, like, even go close to me. I will work on not being swept by this black belt, you know? So that's a good way to train. But then, like, you need to, to understand that sometimes you're going to get smashed. But if you smash all the time, you're not going to get improved. You're not going to improve. So you got to work with people that you can, you're able to attack and you're able to fight at the same level, too, because that's what's happening in the tournament, too. There's always a, uh, let's say for a blue belt or a purple belt, let's say you're a purple belt, there's always a purple belt that's always the same level as you. And your fight with that guy is always like, let's say, even. It's pretty much like you fighting him and sometimes like you win, sometimes you win. Sometimes like it's a draw. You know, you got to fight with that guy a lot. But also you got to be able to fight with a blue belt that you know that you can attack and work in your situation, your positions. So it's, I believe, like, when you go for the training, the way you set up the sparring session, like, 60% of the training, like, depends on the day, but 60 to 70%, you got to be able to work your attacks. 
40 to 30 percent you gotta you gotta train with people that you know that that's gonna be pretty rough and tough you know but of course if you're on the black belt level it's a little different and if you're every day just rolling with like high high level black belts back to back all the time you always especially like in their your teammates you know your game you know your game they they know like how to the first day maybe you're gonna win and then like later on that guy is going to stay with you for a longer time so he's going to start like learning your game he's going to start to know how to avoid you to to get in your positions and then the fight is always like you win by one advantage two advantage or points you know you you barely submit the guy so you need to be able to attack you know i say that to 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 my students i say man you're like a lion you know the lion the lion, like, is every day, like, chasing the zebra. Like, he's always, like, ah, he's chasing the other animals. So you never see a lion, like, defending and running, you know? So he's always attacking. attacking. <laughs> so if the lion start running, 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 how is he going to eat? You know, he's not going to eat. You know, sometimes <laughs> he fails in the mission, sometimes, right? You see, like, sometimes videos of a lion, like, trying to, to grab, like, a zebra, zebra, like, escape, you know, and run. And he's like, oh, he failed. Like, he's hungry that day, you know? But... You gotta understand that you you gotta be sharp on hunting. You know, you gotta be sharp on hunting. That's why you drill. And a lot of people don't like to drill. A lot of people they they talk bad things about drilling. They don't like to drill. They like only to sparring. They think drill is not. But you need to know how to drill. And a lot of people don't know how to drill. People think like drilling like oh, okay like my partner is there. My my partner is there on the floor. I got I'm gonna drill like passing guard. But my my teammate is always sloppy and laying down on the floor and I'm like trying to do like a, a guard pass and it's not like it's not simulating the fight you gotta you gotta drill in a way that you simulate the fight you put the same pressure the same the same way you're gonna do the fight you do like when you're drilling you know that's why the specific training it's really important because because uh it's you forced to drill life you know so you talked Andre. about different drilling methods um, sorry, Mike, but you talked about different drilling methods, and I think that that's important, like differentiating not just getting reps, but also like resistance and stuff, you know, like, yeah. can you talk a little bit about that, like, like kind of like, you know, maybe an example of what you do um, to kind of develop yeah. that? Yeah, sure. Uh, you need to understand, like, when you're drilling, your, your, your training partner, he needs to understand what you're drilling, and he needs to recognize the moves too. So he needs to give the same, the exact same uh, 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 resistance or uh, the counter or the, the 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 way he reacts. He needs to be accordingly like to the way that the opponent will react, right? So when you're doing it, then you can. If your partner doesn't know the the position that you're doing, let's say he's a white belt or he's a blue belt a beginner, and you're like a black belt, you're doing something new. You just like you need to guide that guy to to give you a good re, good uh, reaction. You know, I'm not gonna say resistance because you're not. If you resist, it's gonna be a fight. That'll be if you put like a lot of resistance in the drills, it's gonna be a specific spark. Let's say I want to improve my my burning bolo. Okay, so I'll I'll start in the position and then I'll tell I'll tell my partner. Okay, so try to escape. I'll try to. To attack you, you know, but you start like with the better, the best grip that you can, and then you go boom. Then you work on that for like two, three minute rounds, depends, and then you switch with the other guy on top attacking you. But um, it's it's very very important to know how to to react, okay, when you are okay, you know, when you are the guy receiving the drills, and you can say, oh, react on forty percent. You know, and the guy will react like 40%. You know, he's going to move a little bit. He's going to keep moving and keep working. You know, I really like to do speed drills, especially for my kids. I believe the speed drills uh, really helps the kids to be aware of what they're drilling. Because sometimes if you teach the kids, for example, they are the future, right? And then you just say, okay, do this technique here. And each person do two times uh, back and forth. And then you see the kids like not focused, sloppy, like doing all wrong. And the other kids like with the head on the floor, like with the hand, with the arms, like laying on the mat. Why are the other kids trying to drill? And the class become a mess. 
but if you if you say okay so uh you guys will do this arm bar from mount that's what the way you do who knows how to do arm bar from mount the kids will raise their hand and then they say okay so i'll put one minute you gotta do how many arm bars do you think you can do in one minute and one kid will raise their hand and they say oh, 60. the other kid say 70. i say okay the minimum you're gonna get is 70. whoever gets 70 will win and the kids they love to compete they go like wow wow really sharp and fast and they are aware they're focused they're not going to be talking so you just got to know how to and with adults it works the same way you know uh you got to know how to make people focus while they're they're drilling because not everyone who likes to drill you know it, it's amazing to inspire it's really really good but it's like you're learning how to write you know you're learning how to to put the words together you know you know you're learning how to to make a phrase you know you're learning how to to write a history so it's the same way you know you go little by little you go like first of all, first letter second letter and then a word and then after word a phrase a phrase you go you know and then you start like writing your book so it's the fight is there's reaction you got to be ready for each reaction and you got to try to be a overall good in everything because there's a lot of people they just think about guard 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 but then once they're on top they don't know what to do or they think about like being on top 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 when they're on bottom they don't know what to do and and that's like a big issue nowadays in jiu-jitsu because there's so many techniques so many positions that you know it's it requires a lot of training in order to be an overall uh good competitor you know? andre yeah, go ahead. I wanted to ask, uh, I think it's sort of a perfect time to ask uh, because we just showed you winning the super fight. Uh, I think a lot of fans are wondering, are you still planning on uh, Gordon in 2021? Is that match still uh, in, your, in your plans? You know, uh, a lot of people are asking me, right? And my plan was to do the last super fight in 2019, right, against Felipe Pena. Uh, I announced that way ahead in 2017. I say that. It was when I retired from uh, the Gi, and I said, oh, I'll fight. I even did an interview with uh, Ricardo in Abu Dhabi. We talked about that, and I told everyone, like, 2019 is my last fight. And it was a great way to finish uh, my career. Right now, it's not on my plans, right? But with all this coronavirus wave, <laughs> the gym shut down. If they change the prizes, I don't know, you know, things can happen, right? So not that I fight for the money, you know, but everyone everyone works for a reason, right? When you work really hard, you work for a reason. And and financially speaking, that's that's why you work, to provide to your family, to provide to to the the, the generation that's coming, you know, like your your grandchildren and you know, if you really work hard and you think about that so if you think about the future so i always think about that and i want to provide the best for my family right and uh i believe that we all as a fighters like as professionals we deserve we deserve to 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 get a, a good prize you know and this fight is a fight that everyone wants to watch right everyone wants to watch and i believe the entire community of jiu-jitsu will stop to watch that fight um but on my plans right now, I would say, okay, my wife say, I think you can do it, you know? Okay. <laughs> she like, she's like, encouraged me. But my heart, I'm pretty, I'm pretty feeling really good right now. You know, I, I had an amazing career. Uh, I, I lack nothing right now. You know, I uh, thankfully, like, I have people that support me. I have my students here. I have uh, my family, you know, my friends. So... I'm really happy in the, for the history that I that I that I wrote, you know, uh, uh, as an athlete. Okay, so um, but it's a it's a far it's far right now. You know, it's still far. Like we have more than a year to think about it. You know, uh, and if I decide to do it, you guys will all know, and we will be there. And victory again <laughs> hey hey bear you've been pretty quiet what do you think about andre galval gordon ryan matchup you guys won't 
You guys won't shut up. You guys won't let me ask Andre questions. I got like 15. <laughs> I can like ask three, dude. Yeah. I'm going to have to text them on the side. Wait, wait, wait. wait but wait, I know, wait, Andre, in all seriousness. We just ran out of time. We just ran out of time, Bear. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> I, know, ahead, I know, I know, I know. But hey, you guys, you, guys are, you guys are forgetting like Andre was one of the first generation before it came to like social media and internet that like inspired generations with his his all his gym crawls and climbing the rope on Art Suave DVD before like a lot, a lot of new kids knew what was inspiring but like that literally inspired generations like just watching the Art Suave video and like most new kids don't know that but like that was a big big part of our culture and to learn from that so thank you for that Andre but in all honesty the a serious question is like um I'm curious on Andre's um position on this just because Andre's been from like uh, Tererez team to Braza to form his own super team Autos. Andre, what's your what's your take on um, the new like Autos has basically controlled the um, they controlled the the team the team trophy for for like I don't know you guys killed it for like the last five years whatever the time was, but now it's the new you know it seems like Alliance is starting to make their move back up and like recruiting is getting like more and more popular with Jiu Jitsu and all super teams, um, but. What's your take on it? Are you like, are you, is that team trophy still a, very, a big motivation for, for you as, you know, not only as an athlete, but as, you know, the founder of like Autos to kind of keep on competing against Alliance since they're making their charge back up with their new, with their new programs? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm very competitive. You know, I love, I love to compete. Um, I'm very competitive in all aspects. And I believe all the champions, they, they are like that, you know. Uh, Professor Fabio Gugel is very competitive too. That's why he started like working a way that to to get that back, you know, because it feels good to be there. You know, it feels good to be there. Um, but we still we still working we still working uh, really hard to maintain our, our team at the top level, and this definitely uh, motivates me still. You know, I love to. To, to teach, I love to compete, I love to put people to compete, right? Right now my goal is to make world champions, right? That's my goal right now. And I feel that, you know, when I see someone, because, you know, like you, you build a history with your, with your, with your athlete, with your competitor, right? And then when you see everything that the, the person like passed to get that dream come true, you know, uh, it's, it's, unreal you feel like great you know it's a great feeling because you work together and you help someone to achieve something that they they they're willing to have right in life and that can be a life change and this is my motivation my motivation is to not only to compete and win but also like to help people you know and i have so many black belts nowadays like our our, our gym like is full of great black belts great uh, athletes, we have a lot of uh, brown belts too, like good guys, and some of the juveniles are killing as well. A lot of the kids are coming as well. So uh, we still have like a great team, a great team. And even like with the things that happened uh, during this year, 2020, start really hard on us, right? We have a couple things that happened in the beginning of the year. Um, uh, we had like the when when Rafa he decided to leave the team and all that and now we have this coronavirus going on you know we have all these things happening but uh we we are pretty positive and my motivation right now is to support and help my students and help like the guys to to win like the consequence of that of course will be uh winning the title Ricardo, you want to go I into feel... another? Want to go into another clip? We're sort of uh, running low on time. You want to go to paint a gi match? Sure, sure. I was just gonna say before we get to that, I almost feel like you're in a situation similar to what you mentioned about Fabio Gugel was, you know, back in the day. And Fabio, you know, uh, Alliance was the world champion team. Uh, had some stuff happen, but then they were on the cusp, and they were just just yeah. about there, and then they run back. So I feel yeah. like, you know, you being the, one of the greatest competitors of all time, if not the greatest. You know, you're going to be able to push your team to do the same. So it, it's pretty cool to see that kind of comfortable circle. But it's a process. Yeah. Sorry. It's go a ahead. process. It's a learning process. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And sure. and uh, as a leader, we got to be ready for everything. But the most important thing is for me right now is to be an example, 
helping them and 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 make sure like they're they can achieve their goals and their dreams and and I want to see their growing you know that's it all right well let's uh let's try to go to the last I think we have another clip or two if that's cool with you Andre yeah let, um, I know, let's just uh, do the painter yeah. and the calisans let's skip that Brito one okay so um this match here you know, you've had so yeah. many matches with Felipe Pena, man, especially in the key. Yeah. They're all super tight. You know, you won some, lost some. Um, talk us, you know, talk through this one a little bit. You know, you got the takedown, and Pena's really good at what I like to call the re-sweep. Like, if you take him down, he'll sweep you right back up. And uh, you were yeah. able to control him pretty good with a nice takedown here. And, you know, you yeah. he, he got to your back at one point, didn't score, and you got the win. Um, tell us a little yeah. bit about this match. Yeah, I was like, I remember before this match, I was with Professor Guto Campos, and shout out Guto. Um, I told him, I say, hey, uh, I, I'm going to take him down right away. But I, I saw that Felipe was doing a really good job on getting the Kimura trap on everyone uh, in that tournament. And then I say, you know what, I got to like surprise him with a takedown that I, I don't need to, to hold his leg and stop. So when I go, I, I need to change the directions. And if you see, like when I when I got the arm drag, I got the arm drag straight to like a, a nice single leg, kind of like a knee tap. And you see like that I, I change directions. If you if you repeat that, you see that. Look, I got the arm drag, boom. And then I, yeah. I change the leg. See, yeah. I drag into one side and then I run the pipe to the other side. So because yeah. I knew that if I keep, if I frozen there, he would get all his... Uh, he would have trapped stuff, and he could like get in a end up in a good position. Uh, we always talk about the good things that we do in the fight, but one thing that I like to do, winning or lose, uh, I like to think about the mistakes that I had in the fight as well. You know, and uh, one of the the great things that I did was, of course, this takedown, and I wrap it up his leg really well. He wrapped up my leg actually on the 50-50. but afterwards you see like, that I wrap it up his leg really well. And you see that I changed direction right here. I run straight to his back, and I came back again. So when you fight with Felipe, you can't stop. If you stop, he feels comfortable. And if he feels comfortable, he's going he's gonna to go for it, right? So I move the entire fight. So I go for the single leg taking down. Look, I go to the back, and then I change for a leg drag right away to the other side. Boop, you see? So And then I go for the stack. And then right there, he does a really good job with the leg movement that I told you guys that he has the flexibility. So the mistake that I did in this fight, it was like right after we back up, I was winning like by two points. There was like maybe three or four minutes left. I don't remember right now. I should pull guard. So I allow him to pull guard first. And then he had a chance to, to sweep me. And he was, I think he was up on the, on the advantage. I don't remember. But I remember like if he's, yeah, he was up on the advantage, I think. And then like if he, if he's, Sweep me there. If if I got swept, uh, he would uh, he would like score the two points and end up like probably winning the fight. And you know, at the high level, you know, of course your goal. Okay, I I want to go for a submission. But if you fight someone like Felipe, it's really hard, you know, to to get the submission. So I I uh, I didn't pull guard. He pulled guard, and then he came up. And it was the time that I was like on one hand, like holding myself not letting him take my back or sweeping me. I don't know if you guys have this part on the fight right there, but that's a, a really crazy moment of my career because I remember a lot of things was passing my mind, but I was I was still like thinking about like, okay, so if I give the back to him and then I roll, he's going to score just the advantage. He's not going to score the points. And it's really hard to think like that when you when you are really tired, you know, especially at the end of the fight. And that's what happened, and I ended up winning the fight by two points. It was it's, great. It's interesting because when you took him down there, even though it's in, in a gi match at IBJJF, you ended up in almost the same positions as ADCC. They're almost like sort of going for 50-50 over the shin, and then yeah. it goes for the calf slicer. It's like the exact same sequence just in the gi a couple yeah. of years earlier. Yeah, he does a really good job like trapping the leg and bringing the, the knee towards his shoulder and then start like moving the leg. So he, he he's really, really uh, talented, and, and it's it's – it's something that is kind of like you know the guy will do on you, you know, if you give a little space, and and that's why he's a black belt, right? So it's, yeah. it's a difference.
Let's let's move on to something we really got to hit is your other super fight that we have in our archives. Ricardo, you want to introduce this one? Yeah, so 2017, obviously in Finland, uh, you know, the big match with Kalasans. And, you know, you know, there was yeah. a little bit of a question mark because you guys are teammates, you guys are childhood friends. Yeah. You know, I was yeah, commentating yeah. it and I didn't know how it was going to go, but you guys were going at it, yeah. you know, and you, you hit a lot of takedowns. He was yeah. trying to get that arm lock right there. You guys are super aggressive. And I know at one point you guys kind of were having some words there. So, and I know this match meant a lot to you. So I wanted to hear yeah. your, you know, your feedback on it and, you know, take us through what's going on here. Yeah, you know, like, I was so happy when when Calazes was the, won the Open class in Brazil, 2015. We celebrated together until I was like, oh, shoot, I got to fight him, you know. <laughs> it was kind of like rough and tough, but uh, it was good. It was the first time ever that then a team closed out and i think that'll be the only time ever i think i don't i don't think you're gonna see a a team like closing out the super fight again you know two agcc open class champion from the same team you know and it it was like a really good uh, match actually you know and calazas is very dangerous because he's very he's very strategic so he, he does a lot of strategy you know, and, and strategy, you know, so he's really, really good on that. And uh, when I started fight, I started just the way that I always do. I, I kept up the pace. I knew it would be hard. And I remember like the last, uh, that year, in that year, he came here at Atos HQ to do a training camp with us for Worlds in 2017. But then like afterwards, we talked. And then after that, we didn't we didn't talk with each other anymore. Like you know, for the entire for the entire uh, camp until the fight was over. And when the fight was over, we, we started like talking again because we're professionals, you know. And I respect like him, and he respect me as well. And not that we didn't talk, like we just like we just like avoid to be closer, you know, because we would fight each other. And it's a fight. It's a it's a type of of a uh, thing that you know 100% you're going to fight that person. It's different when you when you don't know you're going to fight 100% with that person. Let's say if you we all here in a tournament, we are from the same weight division, but we don't know who's going to be the first match, who's going to be the second match, because the bracket is full of people. But for a super fight, you definitely know, like, you know who's going to be your opponent, you know? And that we knew we would fight each other. And the fight went really well. Again, I keep up with a good pace. I keep up with the cardio. My cardio training is still uh, good. That means like the plans that I'm making to train, it's it's really good, you know. So my condition was amazing, the techniques and everything. Uh, I score a lot of points. Kalazans get tired, you know. Uh, he got tired in the first uh Right in the first three minutes, he started like feeling like more tired than me, and I believe like he put a lot of weight. You know, I think like that was probably his mistake. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think he, he got he was too big. And when I started like keep up with the pace, I think like he started like feeling the cardio. You know, but at the end of the fight, we were just talking there. Uh, it was more like Kalazans was just like he was asking me like, "Oh, you don't need to. You won already. You don't need to like keep." fighting hard like that you know <laughs> and i just say and i just say man like you have strong guillotines i gotta just watch out you know like yeah. at any time so that was my only concern and i remember like sometimes i was when i was in, during the training camp I, I remember like waking up in the middle of the night like dreaming with colors like getting me in the guillotine you know i was like oh shoot take this out of my mind you know and 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 then i I was like, oh my god, and then and then I, I was like, no, I got to pay attention there, and that's why I keep focused the entire fight. Even like he was more tired than me, I was like pushing the pace like to the end, because one little mistake you make for a guy that has a really strong and good guillotine like Alazas, it can be over, you know. So and that's why. And then afterwards we talk and everything was good, you know. So that was only that's what's hap that's what happening, you know. To be honest. We can't hear Bear. Yeah, Bear is talking, but I don't hear Bear talk. Hey, Andre, sorry, my mic was, yeah. is muted. But, Andre, 
I mean, this fight brings up a really, really good point for like our sport and our culture. And you know this better than anybody as a team leader. Um, yeah. But also, um, you know, you fought basically one of your good friends. And I know from a yeah. coach's standpoint and from a team standpoint, closeout sometimes, you know, if another team's closing out and they're yeah. pushing people to the finals, you know, it makes yeah. sense for you on your team to push some guys through and closeouts. Yeah. But what do you think the yeah. future of the sport and the culture is of kind of closeouts? And I'm not talking like guys from different teams that kind of all part of the big team. I'm just sure. talking in general as from a fan's perspective, not so much from a yeah. coach, a sponsor, um, yeah. just purely as a, a fan's perspective sure. um, to watch fights happen um, as opposed to other sports when they don't close out. We can't watch a final fight because yeah, you know, yeah. they're both on the same team. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, for me, like for this fight especially, because it's every two years, right? So I understand that he has his dreams, right? So if I was on his spot, maybe I would, I would think a little bit. Probably he thought a lot about that too, you know. Uh, his father was was the one that gave me the gi, the first gi to train jiu-jitsu, right? Uh, to train judo. Actually, I started in judo. I started his academy. I started with his father. You know, we were best friends when we were little, playing video games together and, and everything. And, uh, but I, I understood him. I understood. Like, he has his dreams, right? Uh, it's just one chance. It's really hard to get on that spot, really hard. And we understand each other, right? Me as a leader, I understood him, you know? You just got to understand. Because maybe I could say, you know what? You can't find me, you know? Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's that's the right way. I just leave it open, and if you decide to fight, okay, cool, cool, let's do it. But it was an ADCC super fight. Maybe if it was finals of world, if it was finals of fans, or finals of other event that is every single year, it could be different. But the closeouts, you know, I'm I, I pass through all, not all, but a lot of the generations of jujitsu. So the first. Uh, I, I saw Jiu-Jitsu in the 90s, you know, and I saw everything happening right there. Uh, we, in the Brazilian culture, right, uh, we we don't like to fight each other, you know. But uh, I understand also, like, there's different cultures right now in Jiu-Jitsu because Jiu-Jitsu is all over, right? It's all over. And wrestlers, for example, they train together and they fight. Uh, judo fighters, they train together and they fight. But the difference is, in wrestling, you represent a country. In jiu-jitsu, you represent a team. You know, it's, it's different. When you represent a country, in a, like you, it's your country, you know, representing, let's say, for example, I, one time I, I, I went to train judo. I used to train judo a lot in Brazil. And I went to train judo in the social, not the social, but the project, uh, from the uh, the Brazilian national team, and I remember the Brazilian national team was there training, and the French team was there too training, you know, and they they're like the strongest judo teams in the world, and they train together, but it wasn't like only one guy from France that went there to train. It was the entire French the French Commission went to their to the Brazilian mat. To train, they kind of like the coaches. They kind of like agree with that. Oh, you know, we have our team like training together. Let's do like a training. And the coach wasn't coaching; they just watching from the outside, and people trying to killing each other, right? But then they will fight in the tournaments. And they, if they go in the first fight, second fight, third fight, they're not gonna bow down. They're not gonna close out. They're gonna fight hard. But in jujitsu, we represent a team. You know, it's a little bit different. Like we represent a team. Like it's it's. Atos is a team that has Australians, has Americans, has Brazilians, has people from all over the world, you know. So uh, I believe that, you know, in my opinion, as a leader, you know, I don't like to see two of my students fighting, you know. I don't like that. It happened before, and a lot of times I, I let them decide, right, because they're, like, mature, especially if they're black belts. Sometimes they decide to flip the coin. Sometimes they decide to rock, paper, scissor. Sometimes they decide to fight, you know. And when I see, there's always like one person that will be happy and the other one will be like really sad, you know? It's really tough to see that. And then you as a coach, you're there watching your, 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 your competitors fighting and you just like, 
should I celebrate? Should I be happy because this guy win or not? It's kind of like rough, you know. And, it's really tough. And Andre, but, I, I, yeah. I think I think I understand. I think I understand your position as a coach, and I think I'd feel the same way, like running the team, right? I think I'm only yeah. asking the question because, um, like, everyone wants to say, I want to see jujitsu in the Olympics, and I want to see it, yeah. professional athletes get paid like this. But but yeah. our sport can't even have a finals match if we have closeouts for five yeah. of the finals and everyone watching says, Hey, we can't watch fights yeah. anymore because everybody's teammates. So that's more the question. Like I, I totally understand hey, the position. Hey, yeah. Yeah. But we're gonna have to yeah. Guys, we're going to have to I cut finish. it there. We're getting, we're getting Before kicked out of the studio like in sec. 70 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but let's, let's wrap it up. Hey, Andre, I feel bad because I have so much more. I want let's, Hey, when, as soon as I get out of here, <laughs> I, Andre, questions. I know Two I'm going to hit you up Andre, and let's set up Two another words. time to do this. Cause I have so many more questions to ask you, man. It's true, but thank you for breaking down yeah, some of those right. matches. Uh, had a great time with you today. Everyone at home watching, stay safe. Uh, I know it's crazy out there, but we're trying to give you as much jiu content as possible. We've got more shows lined up every day yeah. uh, next week as well. A and tomorrow of... we have Lock and Giles. So we're having a lot of fun doing these. Bayer, Ricardo, thank you guys for calling in as well. And we'll see you guys tomorrow on the next Andre. episode of Who's Number One. Andre, you got yes, 40 seconds. Andre, you have 40 seconds. Give a little message to your fans yeah. out there. All right, sure. Uh <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching, right? Uh, thank you so much, Flow Grappling, for this. Uh, this thing that you guys are doing is amazing. Uh, I watched the other ones. Amazing. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, thank you so much, all the coaches. Thank you, Bear, for everything, okay? Out to Bear. Um, also, like, respect you a lot for everything that you've done for the Jiu Jitsu community. All you guys, you know, Balea, Michael, Casey, all you guys, man. Thank you so much. And, you know, I got, I just going to. Give a shout out to everyone to to think, you know, especially the Brazilians, you know, that uh, the coronavirus is something really serious, right? So you guys must like protect yourself, right? This thing is going around. Um, it's it's dangerous, and we want to be safe and we want to give a good future to our yeah. our next generations. So we don't want to keep this. Uh, within the world like for a long time it's up to us right now to protect ourselves so big shout out to uh my wife angelica galvão big shout out to my uh daughter sarah galvão and big shout out to all my family thank you so much guys and let's go Oops. god thank bless you so much you andre thank let's you. do it again next, man, time, next time let's you. watch let's watch your students uh matches next time let's watch some kind in let's our, do our it. Cool. yeah all right let's awesome. do it i'm down thank all you right, guys. thank you, you tomorrow yeah. thank you guys Oops. thank you <laughs>